1: Yeah, you get it. Every time.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item
1: at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: Welcome to a journey of transformation empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite,
2: Well, folks, Antonio T. Smith Jr. is doing it again. He's done it again. Yes, he has. Giving away so much knowledge just to help you succeed, walk out of the middle class, become a multimillionaire. He is giving away his book just for you. The name of that book? The Richest Man in the Trash Can. You want to make sure you get this book. Here's why. If you are someone who is tired, frustrated, irritated of the day-to-day schedule of waking up, going to work, going back home, going to sleep just to do it all over again, not being able to spend time with your family, you just got married, you just had kids or you take care of your parents and you're not there to do it, this is the book for you.
0: And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? This book is free 99. Yes, you heard me. Free 99. Yes. <laughs> All you oh, for free. Yes.
2: Free 99. All you have to do is just pay shipping and handling. That's it. $9.95 just to get your free book. This book is a life changer. I'm trying to tell you guys. Everything in this book is what Antonio taught myself and Grace that enabled us to retire. Yes, we are retired and we haven't even hit our 40s yet. I'm just saying. I got a
0: few months to go, don't worry about it.
2: Shh, don't nobody need to know that girl. <laughs> you don't look it. That's it. Go get it. Go get it and walk yourself out of the middle class into the life you deserve. Walk yourself into abundance. Abundance is freedom and this book is your journey out. You can plant better. You can dominate. Good evening, good evening to everyone. Welcome to Branding and Cashflow with Diana and Grace. Glad to see everyone on, as always. If you are in the position to please turn on your camera so we can see your lovely, shining, smiling faces. And if at any time you have a question, comment, or thought, if your screen is on, just wave your hand, we can acknowledge you that way. Not to worry, if your screen is not on, you can go down, click on participants. From there you'll see a small blue hand that says raise hand, you can click on that. We will acknowledge you that way. And also, as always, you can make your comments, type your comments in the chat. Without further ado, I'm about to get out of the way of greatness and introduce you and let loose my business partner, one of my best friends, the one and only DeMarie Deanna Mitchell. All right, all right, all right. Let's get it going. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight we're going to talk about six things to avoid when building a brand. The six things to avoid when building a brand. So when we first start out as entrepreneurs, however you wanna call it, we make a lot of mistakes out of lack of knowledge. So today we're gonna talk about the six things to avoid when building your brand. The first thing you wanna avoid is the failure to research competition you have a wonderful idea it's a perfect idea for you but who else out there is doing what you're doing and are they profitable these are some of the things you need to know you need to do your market research there was a point time that i wanted to do a planner so every time i went to a store i looked at each individual planner each different style What planner looks like it's on the what what planner looks like more people have grabbed it? what planners are missing from the the shelf. What planners are consistently stacked up Who's buying what type of planner. Are they buying the planners that have the stickers in them or are they buying your standard planners. Are they buying the plan? Are they buying the weekly planners more than the monthly? Are they buying the monthly more than the weekly? Are, Are there even any daily calendars on the shelf? See, these are the things that you have to do. And if you do your market research, you'll know how much are they charging for each type of planner in each different size? what are what other products are they offering with this planner are they just offering the planner itself are they offering the book that the planner comes in are they offering individual um, inserts for the planner do what all are they what other products do they offer with the planner you see what this also does is this helps you when you do your you research your competition when you do your market research it also helps you under it also helps you get a better understanding of the industry You get a better understanding of who's all out there, what they're providing, what their sales look like, and guess what else? You also get to find out what platforms are they on. Are they on every platform uh, marketing their product or are are they on specific platforms marketing their products? What platforms should I be on? Your research should include the product itself, the services that the other company offers with the same product who are their target audience? What, what does their website look like? What do they have on their website and what are their social media platforms? And when you go and you actually research your competition, you'll see who they're targeting by what their marketing looks like. Cause they're going to have pictures. They're going to, they're going to show They're they're targeting a certain audience, so they're going to have pictures of that certain audience to pull at the emotions of that particular audience. So if they're targeting the more mature audience, you'll see those with silver hair, those with more mature features, those maybe with their grandchildren with their calendars open, marketing off. Or you'll see college students sitting in class with their calendar open making notes on when the, next, when the next report is due or when the next exam is. Or you'll see the, the soccer mom or the stay-at-home mom with her calendar out with the list of each child in a different color and what they're doing. See, if you, do mark, if you do your research, you'll know all this. But if you fail to do your research, you'll miss it. See, doing your research will help you in two ways. You'll be able to judge your competition properly and you'll be able to replicate your competition strategies. You know, Antonio always says, see what I have and steal it. (laughs) You do the same thing. If If your competition's marketing is working, take it, make it yours and put it out there. There are several different companies out there that make planners, but from my market research, I understand that people who truly love planners, they have parties behind planners, giving them a part of a planner gives them life. That audience loves having the types of planners that have stickers that come with them so you can mark off appointments, special occasions. Have a place where they can write in birthdays, have an area for to do's for to do's for that. They have the one big calendar that gives the month. And then when you flip it over, if it's a daily calendar, they have each day drawn out, but they have a note section on each side. You also have those who like who like to who like the pencils or pens that come with it. So I know if I create a calendar, if i make it a daily calendar, I have stickers that go with it and I include colorful pens or markers so they can mark each individual thing a different color, I'm hitting a variety of targets. I'm hitting the soccer mom who labels each of her children in a different color. I'm targeting the grandmother who likes to put stickers so she can see it really, so she can see it big big as day when she opens up her calendars right there reminding her, or the the entrepreneur who has appointments everywhere and and wants to color code what project is what or the high school student who wants to color code what class is what when to take an exam so they have a sticker for that but I wouldn't know any of this if I didn't research my competition if I didn't do my market research I wouldn't know that the average planner goes uh is priced between 25 to 35 dollars i would know that the really good planners with the leather the leather zipper average between 45 to 70 dollars see i wouldn't know these things if i didn't do my market research so i would either be cheating myself or i would instantly go out of business because of production cost so one of the things that you need to avoid when you're building your brand Make sure you research your competition because failure to research your competition means you're just putting something out there not knowing who your competition is what their prices are. If you It won't be competition if you don't even know what your competition is. And then when you research your competition, you also get to find out where your audience is See, I know that there are groups on Facebook just for planners so not only do i do my research not only do i research my competition which are those who sell planners as well but i also go into the groups and i start asking questions or i pay attention to the conversation or i see the, the pictures that they post when they're posting their marketing when they're posting the awesome planner party that they had like people really do have planner parties where they sit together they have food Wine, cheese, whatever you like to snack on—I just like to snack. They have all that, and they sit there and they work on their planners. Did you know you, that some planners actually act as a as a um, a binder, and you can just replace the pages as you go, or you can buy a full spot a full spiral and just keep the whole book together. Did you know that you can have? A planner each month, a planner for January, a planner for February, like there's so much with planners. If I include glitter and stickers and colorful pens or colorful pencils, see Maya's smiling right now. Because planning, to some people, organizing their life is life. So when you create it how they want it, they're ready to roll. But you won't know it unless you Research your competition. See who buys what type of planner. You have the the business exec that likes a nice, simple black or brown leather planner. And then you have the high school student who just wants something to be able to put their classes in. Or do you have the stay-at-home mom or the, the administrative assistant or the executive assistant who likes all the colors so they can color code meetings and interviews and, and in soccer practice and football practice and trumpet practice and piano lessons. But you won't know unless you research your competition. The second thing you need to avoid is not defining your focus. If you don't have a focus when you're building your brain, you will lose and your message will not be clear. If you don't have a focus on your brand, you will lose and your message will not be clear. When someone looks at your brand, they're going to get confusion and people steer away from confusion when it comes to clicking and giving credit card information. People steer away from confusion when it comes to just giving their email address. So if you're consistently changing up the name of your company, if you're consistently changing up your branding your consist- if, if you're not consistent and focus on what you want your brand to look like across the globe, and I'm not just talking about when it comes to your social media, I'm talking about when it comes to your social media, your marketing, your copyright, which are the words that you put out there when it comes to anything that brands you. Your marketing is another way of branding. If you don't have a focus, you will lose and your message won't be clear. And from several classes, we understand that the audience needs a clear message in order for them to clearly give you their 16 digits from left to right, four digits at a time. You need to make your actions and your goals aligned with your focus. If your focus is on millennials your actions should show that and your goals should be aligned with that as well. every marketing piece of material that goes out should focus on that every anything you put out from your graphics to your marketing to when you go live on videos, whatever you say should be aligned with your focus. but if you don't have a defined focus for your brand for your company again you will lose. And having a focus makes sure that you are growing a strong brand. Your audience will be able to follow you clearly because you have a defined focus. Your mission statement and your vision statement align with, the, with why you started your, your story. Your story aligns with the focus of your company. We, we know Antonio's story. His story it's also aligned with his focus in the business. Everything he does is aligned with that. And we all know what his focus is. To create 100,000 millionaires. To walk you out of, me, of the middle class. Mix it. Mix, mix it. The middle middle class exit. Bam. Mix it. M-E-X-I-T. Mix it. Middle class exit his focus is clear his focus is strong there is no confusion we know what his focus is and number three one of the mistakes that we make when branding is not using strong visuals when you think of when you think of coca-cola what do you see you see the red can with the nice, pretty script, Coca-Cola. You also think of the panda bears during Christmas. You also think of the parties when they pop the top and they drink and they go, ah. Coca-Cola. Everybody knows Coca-Cola give you that strong burn when you swallow it, but you look forward to it because it tastes so good, oh my goodness. You see, it, it, it pulls an emotional, drive from you but they have strong visual visuals i knew when i saw the polar bears i knew it was time for christmas
0: strong
2: visuals but uh budweiser the clodsdales the moment you see a clodsdale you know it's budweiser christmas time <laughs> strong visuals so what do you think about when you think about Geico? The, yep, the little bitty gecko. Who I yet to have understand how everybody can understand him. But it's just like Stewie from Family Guy. It seems like everybody can't is only the dog can understand Stewie. Only Brian understands and they are best friends. But it's a strong visual. When you think Geico, you think the gecko. So you want strong visuals, visuals to grab the attention of your audience and to stay in their memory. I have been watching these Clodsdales since I was a child. I have been watching these panda bears since I was a child. And Charmin went as far as to have the bears as a commercial for the, paper, for the uh, toilet paper. Saying how soft it is, how it doesn't clean, have a little kid walk out with the toilet paper stuck on his, uh, strong visuals. <laughs> does, your, does your brand do that for your audience? That's one of our business, biz, biggest mistakes that we make when we're doing our branding we don't use strong enough visuals. Number four, one of the biggest mistakes we make is we take feedback from the wrong sources. Your feedback should come from the people who are paying for your product, not the opinions of those who don't wanna see you succeed. How can you get feedback for someone who has not paid for your product, who has not gone through the sales process, who has not had that user experience? How can you trust their feedback? If you write a book and you give it to somebody and they never read it, but they told you, man, I didn't like it. Well, dude, you never even opened up the first page. The the the, the spine hasn't even been bent bent open. Like, how can you how can you get feedback? from sources who have no have no idea what your product is about if you give your lotion if you have a a skincare product and you have someone test it for you to, to to intentionally give you feedback and they ask you you ask them hey so how did you like it how did you like how it felt and they're like well you know i didn't like how it smelled you know, just hack this word smell when I put it on and you sitting there you like, but I made it for sensitive skin. So there is no fragrance in it and no dyes, no lie, no anything. So how did you smell it? Or somebody who purchased your product, but never even popped it open. Or someone who just outright just says, man, I just don't think that's a good idea because... So-and-so over here tried it and it didn't work. That does not mean it's not going to work for you. That's not feedback from reliable sources. You need feedback from people who are actually, who have actually paid for your product, used your product, so you can know from a user experience how the product is working out. Also, when you are getting feedback, be open to receive the feedback because it's the customer experience that matters and not the opinion of you, your idea of what it should be. It comes from the customer experience. And remember, the customer experience is all from their perception. You have to battle the perception of every single customer you have to understand that they're going to have a plethora of things running through their head. Will this product work for me? How will I be able to use this product? How will I be able to apply this product to what I'm doing? Do I have time for this product? Do I have time to do the facial regimen? Regimen uh, Consistent
1: regimen.
2: Regimen. Thank you it's always just doesn't sound right when it's coming out y'all I'm oh, sorry it just don't sound right <laughs> regimen <laughs> do I have time to do this every morning every night facial regimen and cleansing first you cleanse then you moisturize wait no first you cleanse then you put on the protector then you moisturize and when you go to sleep oh then you put on the makeup and then when you get home at night you clean off the makeup then you, you cleanse and then you moisturize again and you make sure you put on the night protection cream and then you put on the moisturizer. like That is a lot. But you know how they get you? They invite you to the party. They give you a free facial. They let you experience it. Then they get feedback from you. And then they, work, they walk you through your perception by saying, they show you how long it takes to do it. So that's the first perception. Will I have time to do this? The second one is, I don't know if this will work. They walked you through it and they told you, feel your skin. See how soft it is? Or they have you do one side versus the other side. So you can feel the difference in the sides. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) They let you do one side of the face and you sit there like, oh, this side is smooth. So can I do this side too? They're like, well, we don't have time. But what you can do is you can buy the product and do it at home now that you know how to do it. You, You see how that works? But you're working through perception. So you you have to know how to do that by getting the feedback that you need. And you can't get feedback from somebody who's not using your product. And number five, not focusing on first impressions. You make the biggest mistake when you don't focus on the first impressions the first impression of your brand is just like your first impression when you meet people for the first time they last a lifetime and they will kill or build your brand your first perception of a when you first walk into a store if it smells a certain way if it looks a certain way you're going to be like I really don't want to go to that store anymore there's actually a store down here that I used to go to that the only reason I ran into it because I didn't feel like going to Walmart, which was 15 miles away versus them walking distance. But every time I walked into this store, you smell the seafood. It hit and it doesn't just, it doesn't just walk up on you. It's like you walk in, it's like bam. That literally stopped me from going to that store because when I came out, I still smelled it on I me. Mean, it's like I just, I don't want that. My first impression of the store was. Smells like fish is stuck in my, it's stuck in my clothes. I just really, I, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to be in the store. What's your first impression of Walmart? When you first walk in, it's like, oh, this is nice. So you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. Your first impression of a restaurant. When you first walk into a restaurant, you sit down, you're judging everything. Your audience is doing the same thing to you. They're judging you from how your website looks to the words that you put out. Don't have anything misspelled. Don't use the, don't use the wrong word. You put w e h w e a t h e r instead of W-H-E-T-H-E-R. Weather, weather. The first impression doesn't matter. I'm trying, trying to tell y'all. I'm, I, it matters. It really does matter. Just think about it. Have you ever gone to a restaurant where your first impression was you didn't like it from when you first walked in, how long it took to get seated, to the next time you, until you got, you got seated, it took you 15 minutes for anybody even came just to give you a glass of water and give you a menu menu. Then it took another 15 to 20 minutes before somebody even came to take your order. Then it took a whole 30 minutes before your food got there. By the time the food got there, it wasn't how you ordered. Like there's a lot. So your first impression of this restaurant is like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to go back. But if your first impression of that restaurant was when you walk in the made D had a wonderful smile on her, his or her face, they said, hello, welcome to whatever restaurant it is. Asked you how many people you got seated. The moment you got seated, a waiter came straight to you and said, hey, well, how can I, let's go ahead and get your drinks. You got your water. You got your tea, your juice, your wine, whatever you wanted to drink. Then they said, here are your menus. And about five minutes later, they were back like, hey, are you ready? You're not ready yet. So they said, okay, I'll give you a few more minutes. They left. They came back in another five minutes. I mean, it's just like clockwork you will always go to that restaurant and you'll recommend that restaurant to somebody else because of the first impression. First impressions last a lifetime and first impressions will kill or build your business and your brand. Now the sixth and final thing to avoid when building your brand is inconsistency. You will lose being inconsistent. When it comes to posting, if you tell people, hey, I'm gonna post once a week, they're gonna look for that. If they don't see it, it's gonna be a problem. If you have a podcast and you say, hey, uh, uh, episode goes up twice a week and it doesn't go up, it's gonna be a sign of inconsistency and now you're gonna have people that are gonna not listen to your your podcast for two months because they don't know when the next when the next episode is gonna come out. If if you are one who always posts, inspiration on your site and use and you start doing it once a week twice a week and then you just stop look and see how many people stop interacting with you because they started looking for that you had a consistency going so now you had a consistent a consistent clientele a consistent customer base a consistent audience but once there was a moment of inconsistency they're like okay i can't do this i'm looking for just think about your favorite show every week same time same station you watch it and then all of a sudden they're like okay so we're gonna play reruns for the next month before we get to the season finale i don't know about you but i hate that with a passion why you just can't give me the season finale i understand these people who didn't watch it on time because they were inconsistent you want to catch them up but look i'm caught up i'm ready to watch the end it's the consistency. Consistency helps build familiarity, loyalty, and eventually credibility. So be consistent with your promotions. Be consistent with your personality. Be consistent in your communication and every other interaction you make with your audience. Remember, it's all about the end user experience. How does your, how does your, your audience, how does your customer feel? how would you feel I always put it in that terms how would you feel because how you would feel is how your customer will feel so if you're irritated with inconsistency guess what your customer will be irritated with inconsistency so again the six things to avoid when building your brand failure to research your competition not defining your focus not using strong visuals Taking feedback from the wrong sources, not focusing on first impressions and inconsistency. So now I'm going to open it up. If we have anyone who has any questions about anything, the floor is now yours. (laughs) Soap and hot water, cheapest (laughs) dresses. I feel that way about cook food here. Okay. So do we have anyone who has any questions or any comments? I have a question. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Ms. Maya. Okay. So um, with the, I guess with the failure to research um, the competition, Mm -hmm. just trying to get, um, I guess, a little more detail into like, what that is I guess from my perspective I don't think anybody's really doing what I'm doing but at the same time I'm pretty sure there's plenty of people so that's why I'm just kind of like okay well maybe I'm just not seeing it at the same time like I do have a podcast yes but at the same time you know just kind of doing that inspirational thing and how I'm trying to do the inspirational and then showing people there's other Um, there's people that are also having dreams that you can also reach as well I don't know so suggestion I would look at them as competition but also look at them as people you can borrow from if you're doing you have your podcast if you're doing the inspiration and showing people that they can come out of wherever they are You have people like Lisa Nichols, Oprah Winfrey. And while I said they are competition, they are competition, but at the same time, they're also people that you can can look at, you can can research them. What What other products do they offer? What other services do they offer? Who are their target audiences? What does their website look like? What social media platforms are they on? And I would recommend following them to see what they're doing and might you don't you don't want to model yourself behind them specifically because you don't want to take away from the consistency of your personality but see what they're doing if they cuz they they are in a way competition so see what they're doing see how they're doing it see how they grew because with both of them you can actually there's a track record with them you can go on YouTube there's a track record with Oprah. There's a track record with Lisa Nichols. Both of them went from heavyset women to smaller women. Both of them went from not having anything to being <laughs> billionaires. So you can use them as a way to help you help you build your stage. See how they go back. Remember when I said um, when you start your podcast, don't try to be perfect in the beginning. Because that's when people when you do that, people they have the opportunity to see you and remember you when you were an actual person, when you were a person. And so now that you're this big person, it's kind of like, well, you're already up there, but they, they get to see you. Oprah and Lisa Nichols have done the same exact thing. Go back and watch them. Watch how, study how they, how they progress. And then study how their audiences progress as well. So that way, you're researching your competition. You're seeing what other products because you never know. You don't know what other products can come out of what you're doing. You don't know. You may have a book stirring in you. You may have another another screenplay coming out of you. You never know. And in the process of doing all that, Oprah Winfrey has her own network. Yes, she does. <laughs> Tyler awesome. Perry has his own <laughs> studio, Everything. like. Exactly. So, so just look at them as competition, but look at them as research as well. You have somebody that you can research and okay, you started here. I see how you built. Okay, you got to this little part right here. You kind of stumbled here. So how did you stumble? And how did you get out of it? Use them as examples of what to do and what not to do, because you're still going to have your own personal stumbling blocks. But if you watch them and listen to what they say and how they say it, it could help you build, build even faster because somebody did it before you and they got through it. That's why you always, that's why you document and don't create, because when you document, you get Lisa Nichols. When you document, you get Oprah Winfrey. When you document, now you can go back and see what they struggled through. Oprah Winfrey, except for her extreme personal life, she's pretty much all over the all over the place. Lisa Nichols tells you her struggles. She just outright says, hey, look, this is where I was. I was in the hood. I had a kid, baby daddy in prison, blah, 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 blah. This is what I had to do. My son, I went for three days without being able to even buy pampers for my son. I couldn't even go get just one pamper because she couldn't. Like, she literally tells you her story. And with what you're doing, with your personality, see what they're doing. You have a podcast. They both have podcasts. But well, what they did was they documented. They didn't create. So their podcasts are actually, if you pay attention, their podcasts are videos that they've done and uploaded. So I would, I would use those two and then find other women that are doing the same thing that you're doing. And just watch them and research them. You listening to a podcast, watching a YouTube, that's actually research. See who their audience members are. Where do their audience members congregate? And so now when you find out where their their audience members congregate, you can go into those groups and just start chatting with people. Start posting motivation in there. And then you start drawing drawing their audience to you. That's another reason why you research. I hope that answers your question for you it yes. thank you awesome sauce all right does anyone else have any questions or comments all right well if there are no more questions or no comment oh yes sir mr phil
4: i have one word brilliant
2: thank you yay thank you mr phil <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen so if there is if there are no more comments or questions thank you so much for joining us today for branding cash flow with diana and grace diana and grace Oops, and Deanna. And we will see you at 8 p.m for how to have having fun while getting paid to speak with mr phil and miss susan sorrentino So thank you all so much. Yeah, I'm sorry. We have uh, Amber Alerts going off on our phones. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Have an amazing evening. And we will see you guys tomorrow for Let's Talk Tuesday and our Bureau Keynotes. Good night, everyone. Love you more, Phil.
1: You should really be famous for every tear you've ever cried, for everything that's ever happened to you, for all the abuse you've ever been through, for the divorce you've ever been through. You should absolutely be famous for that. Yeah, that's how I think. As a matter of fact, that's how most of us great motivational speakers or platform speakers we are. I speak over 400 times a year. I command over $40,000 a keynote. $40,000 a keynote. I can make $30,000 in 30 minutes. All because my story was one of tragedy. And I've learned how to take it to one of great wealth. I want to teach you that. I wanna to give to you free, no risk, no charge, no credit card needed, free 20 hours of how to get famous for telling your story. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can not plan better, you can dominate. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect, you're already absolutely great, and you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have, it's not what you do, it's what you know How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from Elon Musk, how do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, and somehow I'm in the top 1% today. Not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because Being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal. From a meal to clothes, to date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man and the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step plan if you're 30 years old all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%.
4: So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ziprecruiter.com/slash b2b. All spelled the regular way. That's zip z i p recruiter a r e c a r u i t e r ziprecruiter.com/slash b two b, and I promise you.